passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Welcome into another episode of Big Time Baseball. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner, John Heyman. Baseball is in full swing. Uh, got, we, we got some good stories this week. A lot of good things going on. We'll start with probably the biggest story in baseball. Fernando Tatis Jr. returns from his suspension. Uh, he goes 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. However, Padres get a 7-5 win. It's been the first time they scored more than two runs in, in, in quite some time. Uh, it's just, first of all, it's good to have him back. Uh, baseball missed him. Now he still have to pay the he's got to pay the consequences as we go into these road cities. Although Arizona is a good landing spot, only about 16,000 people in the stand. And I would. I would argue that at least half of them were Padre fans. He got far more cheers than he got boos last night, but this is one of the premier players in all of baseball. Yeah, that's a good place to start. I thought it was interesting. You said the biggest story in baseball. I, I was guessing along with you what you were going to say in San Diego. Certainly that is the biggest. Of course, I'm been sitting in New York and we think Max Scherzer is the biggest story, but I knew you'd say Fernando Tatis, which I'm kind of with you on this one. I, to me, he's the most exciting player in the game when he's out there. Obviously, had a lot of injuries, had that PED situation. You're right, Arizona's a great place to start. I think people are a little sleepy in Arizona anyway. The 16,000 people there, I could see, prop, you know, uh, a lot of fans of the other teams in Arizona, a lot of displaced people uh, in Arizona. So, good place to start. Uh you know, he had something like an 1,800 OPS uh, on his rehab assignment. So I'm expecting big things. Obviously, you know, first game was not much, but uh, they did win. And uh, they are my World Series picks. So I have big expectations for them. 
you know, John, I tried to temper expectations because, you know, we saw the 1800 OPS in AAA when he was basically just, you know, taking those kids lunch money uh, when he was down there rehabbing. Uh, but this is the big leagues and he hasn't, he's hasn't played since I believe it was October 3rd of 2021. So that's a long time to miss baseball at that level. And it, and it showed a little bit, I think, a, he was a little bit um, anxious. You know, he was he wanted to get out there and do so well. Uh, and so, you know, when pitchers see that, they're going to take advantage. Um, it was it was it took some getting used to. We had the morning, or I should say, the the pre pre game co- press conference that he had, and it was it was an absolute circus out there with all the media there. And uh, it's something I'm sure he's going to have to get used to again as you know he moves into the next season. The next stop won't be as friendly. It's Chicago. <laughs> No, it won't. Uh, the friendly confines, not as friendly to the uh, the away team. There is a little extra pressure on him, as you alluded to. He's going to have to yeah. prove. And I, I believe he is an extremely talented player. I believe in him. But he's going to have to prove that he can do it without the PED. So uh, not, not going to be easy, but uh, this is a talented fellow, and this is an amazing lineup. Uh, only Bogarts is really doing well out of the superstars on that team to this point, but – Still have faith in Soto and in Machado that they're going to pick it up a bit. Yeah, last thing on this, I will say it's nice to have a sounding board like Nelson Cruz, who's been through all of this and has handled it probably as good as anybody who's ever been involved with these type of situations. We don't talk about it with Nelson. It's because of the way he handled his business after. I was speaking to him. One of the things he said, only thing that Fernando can do moving forward is go play. And his play will ultimately be the thing that quiets a lot of the noise. Yeah, I mean, that clubhouse is certainly a lot more mature, not just uh, in terms of years, uh, having crews there. I, I like the pickups that they've made in terms of the personality. Bogart's a terrific guy, gentlemen. I think there are people there who are really going to help Tatis. You know, I mean, obviously they did well last year, getting as far as they did. But if your dynamic is only Machado and Tatis, you know, they may be butting heads a little bit. You know, there's a couple of egos involved there. You don't have to say anything. I, it's me talking. But uh, I think it's good. They have Bogarts there. They have group crews there. I think Carpenter is a good veteran. Uh, you know, it feels like their clubhouse is a little bit more mature now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, no, the clubhouse is definitely um, a very welcoming clubhouse. So uh, we'll see how things go. All right, let's move to the East Coast, where the biggest story out that way, Max Scherzer, takes his 10-game suspension. I got to tell you, I was on Max's side until he didn't appeal. Uh, I had a a short period of time I played with Max. I competed against him. Um, He just doesn't strike me as the type of person that would uh, try to 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 take advantage to game the system, if you will. And he seemed pretty adamant that it was just rosin and sweat. Major League Baseball in their memo pretty much slapped that down. Now, um, 
I, I, I'm, I'm torn on this, John, because I, I, I've been around pitchers. I have, I was a non-believer at first, but then I actually seen it with my own eyes with what, what sweat and, and rosin can do. It creates a really tackiness. Now I, I didn't touch Max's hands as, as Phil Cuzzy did that day. Uh, but I don't know the fact that he didn't appeal. And that kind of changes my mind a little bit. Maybe there's something else to it. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thought. I mean, he said he didn't appeal because it was going to be heard by somebody at MLB. So obviously we knew what the appeal ah. ruling was going to be. You know, I mean, you, you, obviously you're working for Rob Manfred. You, you really can't uh, then say, okay, we're overturning this now. So <laughs> this was, this isn't a, a mediator? This isn't a mediator pick between no, the PA and so. the MLB? It was going to be an MLB. But knowing what a fighter Scherzer is, I'm surprised he still didn't go through it. I, I know that was the plan was to appeal. I did hear he got the fine. Not that the fine matters. I saw somewhere that he makes $13,000 per pitch. So a $10,000 fine doesn't mean that much. But the fine was knocked down, I believe, to $5,000. I You know, I, I get what you're saying a bit. You know, I mean, Scherzer is a fighter. Uh, you know, why not get on the record what it is if you're innocent? Um, you know, my feeling on this is that, you know, we, there's a lot of judgment calls in baseball. There's a judgment, obviously, balls and strikes, the check swing, even the pitch timer to some degree. Uh, uh, you can use a little bit of judgment, a little bit of leeway. Uh, but, you know, in this case, uh, I don't love a judgment when you're talking about somebody's integrity. I, I, Me, like too. It, Me too. I'd like it to be black and white however it is you either have a maybe a lab at the parks or something because i know when santiago uh was busted for this they took uh, his glove they got the glove and they tested it and guilty and now we have proof so you know it's like the peds and we could say tatis and whoever else there are hundreds of guys who have gotten peds i don't want to pick on tatis but that's a rush in my mind there they did something wrong and they cheated so in this case, I, I don't like to impute somebody's integrity over a judgment yeah. call, particularly when we're talking about an umpire. Now, maybe Phil Cuzzy's the one who's doing it right and everybody else is doing it wrong, but it's a little weird that all three pitchers who've been, quote-unquote, busted were by Phil Cuzzy. There are 100 other umpires. Why does nobody else ever catch anybody? It's just a weird thing. When you're talking about integrity, I think it's important enough. You I understand yeah. it's going to be standard and not a rule, you know, but – Trying to make the standard the same for everybody. It doesn't appear to be that case when Phil Cuzzy's busting people and nobody else is. You know, the one thing I'll say about this is, you know, he says it was just rods and, and sweat. He did say that he washed his hands with alcohol in front of an MLB official. Is it possible? And, and one pitcher told me that alcohol can have that effect too. Uh, maybe alcohol. My thought would be Scherzer should know that alcohol would have, have an effect of stickiness with rosin. I don't know, but maybe he didn't. And maybe here, here, here. caused it to be more sticky. I don't know. There's a lot of questions here for a guy to be suspended for an integrity issue for me. Anyway, but that, I think he's got its heart in the right place. I do think it need, they need to do something about it. The tackier ball is the best solution if they can do that. If not, uh, I think they got to figure out a way to, to make sure that if a guy is guilty, he's really guilty. Well, it's certainly already being done in Japan. They have a tackier ball. They don't have a need for rosin because the ball comes out the pack, out the plastic, already tacky. So 
I don't know how we get there, but that's where we need to get to because I, like you, don't like the vague reasoning for ejecting Scherzer in this situation, right? I can't deal with, you know, in this case, it was Dan Bellino because he's the crew chief speaking for the umpires, right? I can't deal with the answer of, man, that's the most stickiest hand I've ever touched. Like, that is not a, a – that is not evidence against somebody. And, again, like you said, when you eject somebody for something like this, you're messing with somebody's integrity at this point. And, I, as I said, I've, I, I, I competed against Max for a long time. I've played with him for a few months. He just – he's not that type of individual. He wants yeah. to do everything it's seemingly the hard way most right. of the time. And yeah, so – you. you know, I, I, and I'm not saying anything about Dan Bellino. He is a lawyer, he's, so he's a pretty smart guy. He's going to say the right things. But, it, you know, when you when you hear that, it feels like, you know, when a guy gets busted for DUI and the cop always says he's got slurred speech and red bloodshot eyes, well, you know, it's <laughs> unprovable. I mean, okay, we have to take his word for it, I guess, right? You know? Yeah, uh, I'm with you. That stickiest. This is the stickier. You know, you know. I, I, to me, that that's not proof. I, I need proof. You know, I, I watch forensic files. They got to prove something. To me, it's it, they didn't really have the goods on them, and it's unfortunate to me. But uh, I think they're trying. They're doing the right thing. But I, yes, I, I would. Yeah, I would we just use the tacky ball, and then we can stop all this nonsense. I would love for like during spring training when umpires and players get together, when they have those meetings early in the year, they do it. The pitchers do a seminar on sweat and rosin. And that way maybe they could show umpires, umpires can see it for themselves, how actually tacky it gets. And the thing is, I think for mo for, for a guy like Max, who by the way, sweats profusely, right? It's more sweat and it equals more tack. And so I don't know. We'll, we, they just got to figure out a, a better way to go about yeah, this than, I mean, than, than what they're going about. It's debatable. When someone is suspended for an integrity issue, it should be black and white, not a debatable issue. All right, let's move to our next one. Uh, the Oakland A's look like they will soon be the Las Vegas A's after a binding, not non binding, a binding uh, a agreement in terms of buying some land. Yeah. Uh, from from Oakland's ownership has already been signed, sealed. It's happening. This looks finally. It looks like there's an end coming to this long, long played out saga, John. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the right solution. It's unfortunate for the people of Oakland and uh, that East Bay, and uh, um, you know, I think at this point, uh, obviously, they never could get a stadium deal done there. Um, you know, I'm not sure who's to blame, but. Uh, you know, obviously that they've run that team down now. So I can almost see why Oakland didn't give them a stadium. I mean, that team is, you know, I mean, you, you think the Nats or the, the Royals or the Tigers don't look so good. They're, they're, the A's are like half as good as those or twice as bad as those teams. But, you know, it, they've been, this has been going on for more than a decade at this point. And Las Vegas is a good solution. It seems to be a great sports town. And uh, obviously the hockey and the football have worked there. Um, you know, I, I feel a little less bad because they still have the San Francisco Giants in that area, but uh, baseball doesn't love it when teams move, and I think baseball is right about that. I never got the San Diego Chargers moving to Los Angeles. I think that was ridiculous. 
And uh, so I'm glad that baseball makes it difficult to move. But in this case, I think we're at that point where Oakland needs to move. As a kid, as a guy who grew up in this game, you know, Oakland, this makes me sad a little bit because Oakland has been a part of, of my baseball life the the entirety of it and so now for those folks to lose their team i i do think it's sad but i also recognize that when these type of things happen it's it's not just a one-way street there might be more blame on one side than the other but it certainly isn't all going to fall on the oakland um franchise right the oakland ownership takes two to be able to to put a stadium and we're past the days of people wanting to pay it out of their tax money, right? So um, it, it just becomes a much more difficult situation if you don't have two parties that are invested in keeping a team in a place. And it seems like that's where we are right now in Oakland, and it seems like that's coming to an end, which now only leaves one more place before expansion can happen, and that's Tampa. We'll see how that goes. A lot of people, I'm sure today or yesterday, woke up, you know, in Oakland, not feeling great about, you know, losing another team. They've lost uh, the Gold State Warriors out of that that area. They've now lost the Oakland A's. Um, this is – it's not good for the city for sure. But as you said, you're on – Vegas is is open is, – is, is a new kind of land where everybody's moving to in sports where it was kind of the forbidden land for a long period of time. Well, I get it. I mean, if I had a – a week uh, and I had a choice to spend between Oakland and Las Vegas, I, I wouldn't have to think that hard about it. Uh, you know, Las Vegas is it's a fun place to be and it's certainly a thriving community, uh, you know, and they've done well with the sports teams. And, you know, I mean, frankly, there is a team in, in the Bay Area now, so not quite as bad as when you lose a team. Uh, so uh, I think this is, the right, this is the solution. It's not perfect, but uh, I think it's the right thing. All right. Very rarely on on our show do we talk about the Anaheim Angels, but um, they are nine and ten right now. Good enough, tied for second in the National League West. Is very very early, but that's not where this is going. Uh, reports are out saying if the Angels fall out of playoff contention, um, Otani will either a wait till free agency and leave, or b try to get traded during the season. Or Angels could move them before they get nothing for him. Uh, this is a, a pretty tough situation for the Angels. They're going to have to win ball games. The pressure's on. Yeah, I, I would say in the tr- terms of the trade, I, I think, of course, anything could happen. We're in a fluid situation. I, I think that's highly doubtful. Uh, they didn't trade them last year when they were completely out of it. Two years to go, they could have gotten a ton. They could have made that Soto deal and gotten those five great players for Otani. Yeah. So that was the time to do it if you're going to trade him. And frankly, when I know when they went to the owner, Artie Moreno, he was very adamant and very colorful. And I think you know what colorful means in this case. Trading <laughs> yeah. Otani. And I don't, I, I saw him at the uh, owner's meetings in Palm Beach in, uh, in February. Uh, I can't believe they let me into the breakers with all those really rich people. But I was there and I talked to Artie Moreno and this guy does not want to be the one to trade uh, Otani, and he's going to try his best to try to keep him. That said, uh, you know, I, and of course, it's possible they trade him, but I, I think that's unlikely. I, in terms of keeping him long term, it, it's a long shot. I mean, I don't think there's any yeah. question. That. I talked to Mike Trout. They were just here in New York, and he said, uh, we need to get in the playoffs to have a shot 
at Otani. So if they're not in the playoffs, you know, I know he didn't speak for the, the organization, but he knows that if they're not in the playoffs again, he's gone. The guy wants to win. He didn't come here to lose. Uh, you know, he, he wants to prove he's the best player in baseball, which I think he's done. But I think he wants to win. So lost the Dodgers, the Padres. You know, there are other options where you can go. If they don't make the playoffs, I, I think he's gone as a free agent. If they do, as Trout said, they have a shot. I think it's an outside shot, but a, but a shot. Um, yeah. I, I think the Dodgers are probably the favorite. They cleared the books. They have the money. They win annually. Um, you know, I never count the Padres out of anything now. They've surprised me five times already. Uh, certainly, <laughs> I expect the Cubs, the Rangers, the Yankees, the Mets, uh, many teams to be in. I, I do fa- think he favors the West Coast and, most importantly, wants to win. I do not see a trade for him. I mean, we can speculate all we want. He could be traded. Sure, he could be traded. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I think it's telling that Mike Trout was that specific about what it would even take to have a shot to get Otani back. He's in the locker room with him literally every day. So uh, I think that says it all. You either win and get into the playoffs, and hopefully you make a deep run. That sounds like really the only thing that enhances your chances once you get into the playoffs. So uh, we'll keep be keeping an eye on the Angels moving forward. All right, uh, Madison Bumgarner, uh, with $34 million still left on his deal, the Diamondbacks have decided to designate him. They're moving on um, after really what was, uh, I would say, a disappointing stay in a Diamondback uniform. Absolutely. I, I thought they got him in a bargain of $90 million for five years. And, you know, if he was the same as in Bumgarner, that would, be, would have been a bargain. But, uh, you know, it's not easy for a team to uh, just chip in, uh, you know, give up on $34 million, particularly the yeah. Diamondbacks. You just referenced they're doing well and 16,000 fans. And they have the least expensive tickets in baseball. So their revenues are not great, obviously. Um and uh, so they obviously don't think he has much left. I checked with the Yankees because Brian Sabian is now executive with the Yankees. And they, at least the person I talked to there, they also don't think he has much left. To me, that was a logical place. They've got Severino on the IL. They've got uh, Rodone on the IL. And uh, that made sense to me. I could see the Giants. I mean, they almost owe him. <laughs> he brought them three World Series. He wasn't making, you know probably what he should have been making in that period for the Giants. So I, I'm going to speculate that the Giants might be a possibility uh, to bring him back. But I, I think somebody gives him a chance because he is one of the greatest postseason pitchers ever. It's hard to hard to even see it. A 2.11 lifetime ERA in the postseason facing all those great teams. Um, really, really an amazing postseason pitcher. I, I think it'll be an interesting Hall of Fame uh, candidacy because if you talk about impact or peak he's pretty darn good but i I think you know people generally look for you know the bulk numbers so it might be a tough case but uh certainly a big impact almost all with the giants yeah no doubt we'll see if madison has another opportunity elsewhere we'll end on this one uh new report from philly is harper will not be sent for assignment once cleared. He will return right to the majors. Early reports say that could be as soon as two weeks. Now, you've been kind of teasing this over the last couple weeks that he was going to end up coming back faster than anybody was thinking he was. What say you to this report that they're not even going to send him to the minor leagues? He's going to go straight to the big leagues 
Is that a sign that this Philly team needs him now, or is it just that Harper's that good? He doesn't need to go down there. I think it's about Harper. I mean, he's a ball player, and, you know, I'm hearing two weeks as well. And, uh, you know, even when they were saying first half, I was hearing late May. Now it looks like it's going to be early May. Uh, I mean, it's very quick for Tommy John surgery, but, of course, he will be a DH at the beginning. Interesting thing is, will he end up playing first base at some point? Because, obviously, they've lost – Hoskins, uh, I think Hall is now out, so they need uh, need some help at first base, but not immediately. I mean, he did have Tommy John surgery uh, in late November. This is pretty quick. I think that seven months coming back, uh, not not even. So uh, that's pretty quick, half a year. Um, but you know, he he's chomping at the bit, wants to get going, and I do believe two weeks is the right uh, I, right amount of time for him. I have a hard time seeing him playing the field that soon like DHing, cool you know but you're gonna you eventually will have to throw playing first base yes and so it, it, i don't i don't know how this is i've never even heard of somebody coming back from tommy john this early yeah. well we had a first baseman in new york who barely threw that was you know he only threw in an emergency that was jason giambi uh but you really can't play first base like that not, not nowadays uh you know he would occasionally throw to second if he absolutely had to uh, and usually got it over there, but uh, you, you're right. If you're playing first, you're, you're going to have to throw the ball at least occasionally and uh, maybe a few months away from that. Well, well, we'll stand by and await the return of the great Bryce Harper. That's going to do it for this episode of Big Time Baseball. Thank you for listening. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you turn on the audio, the, excuse me, the auto download feature to get our episodes as soon as they drop. For John Heyman, I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. We'll catch you next week on Big Time Baseball.